I'll tell you, you can eat the best food in the world. You can exercise until you're, you know, until you're just, you pass out on the floor. But if you're not getting high quality sleep, your body's not going to change to its full potential. Welcome to the What Up Doc University podcast, your number one resource for total body wellness. Here's your host, Dr. Mike. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the What Up Doc University podcast. This is Dr. Mike coming back at you with another fantastic field episode. And today we got another special guest. And today's special guest is one of the guys that kind of inspired me to start a podcast. And I saw his podcast and been a, been an avid listener to it for a long time. And, uh, you know, I reached out to him one day and he said, yes, he would love to jump on the show. And today's guest is none other than Sean Stevenson. And those of you guys who listen to the podcast, you guys heard me talk about his his work and his podcast um, and all, all of the stuff surrounding that. And he, he, here's some, some, some things that you guys may not have known about him. He's actually a best-selling author and a creator of the Model Health Show. He was featured as the number one health podcast in the country on iTunes. And that's an amazing feat because there are a lot of a lot of podcasts in the health category. So to be number one, that means you got to be putting out some great content. He graduated from the University of Missouri in St. Louis. He studied business, biology, and kinesiology and went on to be the founder of Advanced Integrative Health Alliance. This is a company that provides wellness services for individuals and organizations worldwide. And he's also been featured in um, things like Entrepreneur, Entrepreneur Magazine, Men's Health Magazine, ESPN, Fox. Um, I also saw him on TED Talks. And he's also a, a frequent keynote speaker and all of these things. But most of all, he's a very knowledgeable person about health and he delivers it in a way that we can all understand it. So welcome, Sean, to the show. Welcome, Sean. How are you doing today? Wow, Mike, thank you so much for having me on. I feel like I want to keep you with me all the time to introduce <laughs> me and make me sound good, man. I appreciate it so much. I can be like a Jiminy Cricket, you know, <laughs> right, right on your shoulder and promoting you everywhere. <laughs> I no, love it, man. No, Sean, it, it, it is my honor to have you on the show. And, you know, I've listened, like I said, I've listened to your show for, for, uh, for a long time now. And just the information that you've been putting out there and, and the guests that you've had and the way that you mm -hmm. delivered it. Um, it, it's making a major impact upon, upon the world. And, and I, I, you know, I salute and congratulate you for that. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. I know there's, there's an interesting backstory to how you got into health. So start yeah. with that. Yeah, literally it is a backstory. Uh, and for me, um, actually just to jump back a little bit earlier, actually, than the, the backstory, hmm. uh, when I was 15 years old, I was an aspiring athlete. I was already running a four five forty, and this was at the beginning of the year before I even got to the track season. This was before football, and so you know I was a speedster out there running back, returning kicks. Things were going really well. Um, I had a lot of different things going on as, as far as also being a scholar athlete. So you know, have you know had a high GPA, mm -hmm. doing well in school and on the field, and so it was garnering a lot of interest letters coming in in my mailbox from colleges um you know some smaller schools at first and then it started to progress from there but all of that hit a, hit the brakes really quickly um when i was 15 years old i was doing the time trial with my coach and this is just doing running on the track by myself with him holding the stopwatch and i was doing a 200 meter sprint and as i was coming off the curve onto the straightaway 
my hip broke. Right. So literally my iliac crest of my hip just broke off and I didn't know it at the time. And I actually came to practice again the next day trying to walk it off. You know, I didn't know what happened. Maybe I pulled a muscle. But after the physical therapist did a scan, he he saw the bone kind of floating off there in space. He's like, oh, that's interesting. And just put me on the standard of care, you know, Mm. which is some NSAIDs, stay off the leg. So I was on crutches for a couple of weeks, Um, some anti-inflammatory kind of uh, you know, Bengay rubbing stuff on, on there, yeah. or the biofreeze and the band-aid um, therapy. Yes. Yes. But okay. nobody stopped to ask, how did this kid's hip break? Mm. How is that possible from just running? Because as usually, as you know, reserved for people who are older and the big kind of discernment here is that it's not that people fall and break their hip, elderly people, it's that they break their hip, then they fall. Yes. Yes. Right? And so my bones were actually becoming very brittle at a young age. And fast forward to uh, when I was 20. So this is about five years later. And this is when I'm finally diagnosed with a degenerative disc disease. So mm. the the disc in between the vertebrae in my back and also uh, degenerative bone disease. And at this point, man, it's just like a huge crash. My, my world came crashing down because my physician, the initial physician told me there's nothing I could do about it. And at this point, I'm... I'm having some pretty tremendous pain as, you know, the sciatic nerve runs through there and it's just kind of shooting down, radiating pain down my leg. That was kind of constant. But then there was this very jarring pain whenever I would stand up from sitting down or laying down that would literally make me jerk back physically. And I had to like control myself, embrace myself whenever it would happen. It was so crazy even talking about it. That was my life. But I was dealing with that every day for two and a half years went by. Wow. And that initial physician, he meant well, but he told me there's nothing I can do about it. And I asked him, does this have anything to do with what I'm eating? Should I change the way I'm exercising? And he just looked at me like I was from another planet. And he proceeded to write me some prescriptions to eat some drugs instead. Even though he said what I put in my mouth doesn't matter, he was giving me these pills to put in my mouth and that never did really resonate with me. And so to kind of wrap this story up and get to the happy ending here, which there's a happy ending, because I know that there's <laughs> a lot of people even listening right now who are dealing with uh, degenerative bone disease or disc disease and um, herniated disc, L4, L5S1 is pretty common, yeah. but it's not really supposed to be that way. Especially so, at that age. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You know, I was a baby still, you know? And so here's the good part of the story. Two and a half years later, I gained 50 pounds, definitely depressed, mm-hmm. definitely feeling like, you know, life couldn't get any worse. And at that point, that's when things turned around because I hit rock bottom and I decided like, I can't keep going like this. So I'm either going to call it quits with this whole, even trying to do anything with my life mm-hmm. or I'm going to get well. And that's when I made the decision to get well. Mm. And so most people never actually do that. As you know, Mike, yes. it's kind of like, I'm going to try this. We'll see what happens. You know, I hope but you can't really operate on hope when you're dealing with your life and your body, you know? So I made the decision to get well and I just really started to stack the conditions in my favor. And one of the first things that I did was change the way that I was eating, funny enough. Yeah. And I learned that, you know, my body is made of certain very critical uh, nutrients and, and micronutrients that I just simply wasn't getting in my diet, eating the college diet, you know, standard college diet of pizza oh, yeah. and, and bagels and donuts and, you know, pasteurized orange juice. And, you know, so I'm barely getting any nutrition in my body at all. How in the world are my tissues going to regenerate if I'm not getting those compounds in my body? So I start to flood my body with all those, 
And it, it was shocked me what I found because it's stuff that I wasn't hearing in school in biology class, you know, about the importance of silica and, mm-hmm. and boron and magnesium and sulfur bearing amino acids and all these things that kind of transmutate and become new tissues. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it, I felt like I was lied to, you know, like we learn about this stuff in school in a very disconnected way that has nothing to do with us, you know? Mm-hmm. So as I start to eat differently and, and, and change my nutrition, that gave me big leverage in the beginning, right off the bat. Also, I started to move again because dealing with a back issue, oftentimes they're told to, you know, be careful, back, um, wear a back brace, uh, a lot of bed rest, and it just led to mus- muscle atrophy. So I just continue to get worse and worse, you know? So a big takeaway I want people to have is that your body literally requires movement in order yes, to heal itself. Yes. All right. And there's some very interesting studies that affirm that as well about your body can assimilate nutrients better through walking in particular by first and foremost. So, yeah. yeah. And then the third component was sleep. All right. Uh-huh. I naturally started to get to bed earlier and wake up earlier as I was starting to be active again and eating good food because my body was trying to process and heal me. You know, and the healing really takes place while you're asleep. You know, a lot of people think that they get in shape when they're in the gym doing a tough workout. Oh, you're just breaking your body down. You're actually in worse shape now that you've done the workout. Mm. Your body really changes while you're asleep. And so that's that sleep, that vitamin S, as I call it, <laughs> a huge component to me getting well. And to long story short, wrap it all up. Six weeks after making that initial decision, I lost over 20 pounds and and 28 pounds, actually, and which is results not typical. I don't even like to tell people that because it's not about the weight loss. <laughs> but right. I lost twenty eight. I lost twenty eight pounds. The pain I'd been experiencing for two and a half years was gone. And fast forward the story. And this is after I started working with people at my university and getting certified as a strength coach. Um, I got my scan done with my final physician that I'd seen months earlier, and my two ruptured disc, my two herniated disc, had retracted on their own, and I regained some of the juiciness, that degeneration you can barely tell that there was any. And this was just nine months later, right? So, and I actually gained half an inch in height, right? Wow. So this, all this transpired and it really changed the course of my life because I saw that no matter what, there's always room for improvement. And our physicians, even though they mean well, so many amazing physicians, especially in my life today, they never have the final say about you. You know, you have to make a decision on what you're gonna do to stack the conditions in your favor and never buy into somebody who's telling you there's no hope. Yes. You know, where there's a will, there's 1000 ways. And it's really be about becoming more educated on your amazing body that you live with all the time. Yeah. My mentors always told me that um, that you never see a Vicodin pill growing on a tree. Right. You know, and, and the way that our body starts to break down is that we're not giving it what it needs, you know, and the example I always give is like, hey, if you're thirsty, you don't go to your medical doctor to get a pill for the thirst. You drink right. water, right? And and you're the prime example of, of all that happening where your body wasn't getting what it needs. So it took its own measures by, you know, you were stealing stuff from your own body to try to exactly. keep alive. And then that's the outcome, you know, a broken hip. And luckily, it's just a broken hip, you know, I mean, for other people, they're suffering from all this other stuff. Right. But one of the things that, that you touched on, which is very interesting, and um, that you, uh, you you wrote this book on, you know, the Sleep Smarter book, which, by the way, guys, if you haven't read that book, read it, but hold on, hold on, because Sean got a great announcement for you guys. 
Um, the Sleep Smarter book, I, I, I dove into it and, you know, and you talked about it on your podcast and you talked about sleep and the importance of sleep, the vitamin S. Let's start, yeah. let's, let's start with that because there's a lot of people that don't really understand the importance of sleep and they kind of just put it off or they kind of just throw it on the wayside as just another thing. You know, they don't put that as an important part of their health regimen and, um, and a lot of people are concerned about their weight and concerned right. about degenerative diseases, you know, all of that stuff. Right. So start us off with what's the importance about sleep and how does that affect your health? Yeah, absolutely. And so one of the things we're going to get into is how sleep actually is the huge determining factor on your ability to lose weight your brain function, and several other things we could talk about. Mm. Uh, but you said something really important before turning the chapter to this particular subject, which is the fact that, you know, it was, I was lucky that it wasn't something else, yeah. you know? And yeah. as people out there know that experience back problems, you know, it's like, it's an invisible pain. Like nobody really understands your suffering, you know, but things that are kind of more outwardly shown, you know, obesity, um, issues with, you know, blood sugar dysregulation where maybe you're, you're swollen and you have, um, you know, you, you have some failure of, of body function, you know, maybe you're, you have some prolapse going on, you know, where your organs are sticking out the wrong mm -hmm. way. You know, there's like, there's so many negative things that can happen, but the bottom line is this guys is that it's going to be what you're genetically predisposed to, you know, your body's going to essentially turn on disease programs that you're evolutionarily speaking, you know, yeah. that you're kind of predisposed to with your lineage, mm -hmm. you know? And so for me in my family, there was a history of this degenerative condition. For other people, it's cancer is going to show up first. For other people, it's heart disease, you know, but we all have these different genetic programs that here's the big bottom line is that if you especially study epigenetics and every single person needs to check out Bruce Lipton's work. Oh, it's Bruce, like, yeah. Love Bruce. yes, it is paramount to understanding this subject because it's been around for a long time, our understanding that your genes do not control your life. They don't control what's going to happen with your body. You have genetic programs that can, and I'm really paraphrasing what it does, but they can essentially switch on and off based on your lifestyle factors, mm -hmm. you know? And so sleep is the big gun in this, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a nutritionist by trade, you know, that's my career path, you know, but I'll tell you, you can eat the best food in the world. You can exercise until you're, you know, until you're just, you pass out on the floor. But if you're not getting high quality sleep, your body's not going to change to its full potential, not even close. And so here's one of the big reasons. So we'll just talk about, let's get, because, you know, sleep tends to not be a sexy topic. Mm -hmm. So let's talk yep. about the thing that is sexy to people, the headlines, right? So sleep, lose weight while you sleep, uh -huh. right? So that's the headline, all right? And so there was a study done um, Canadian, I'm sorry, the Canadian Medical Association Journal published a study. And what they found was that they took two groups of dieters and exercisers. They were both on the same exact diet, same exact exercise, both groups. But group A slept the normal amount of hours, quote, normal amount of hours of eight plus hours a night. And group B, they purposely sleep deprived and they got six or less hours a night. So really five and under. And at the end of the study, they found that group B who were sleep deprived less, lost far less body fat and far less weight than group A. And the only difference was the amount of sleep that they got, All right, So that's kind of a really black and white example. 
But no, no, so in that in that study, what what did they find? Or what was happening in the sleep deprived group? Yeah, so this is where the real story is at, especially with your audience who is much more science minded. Mm-hmm. And what's going on behind the scenes? There's a couple of huge issues here. Number one is a big issue with cortisol, and cortisol has become sort of a dirty word, but (laughs) it's actually a really important hormone for your overall function. The issue is when it's too much or too little, cortisol not being in balance. And so when you're sleep deprived, you're automatically going to have an increase in your body's cortisol levels. And cortisol has this kind of catabolic factor that it can actually, in essence, cannibalize and break down your muscle tissue and turn that into glucose, which is going to turn on insulin. And insulin is your body's number one fat storing hormone. So your body's going to have this predisposition automatically to start storing more fat based off of you being sleep deprived. And this is another huge insight is that just one night, one night of sleep deprivation is enough to make somebody's insulin resistant as a type two diabetic. Wow. Right. So we've got this weird thing going on with an increase in insulin activity from the cortisol, but then there's this other thing going on with the insulin resistance, which is going to lead to more of this kind of dangerous sugar, in essence, circulating in your body, breaking down stuff, you know, just breaking down, especially things that are further from your, from your core. Like this is why there's, um, you know, people get amputated, for example, you know, their, their fingers and toes, their feet, right they they lose their vision when we talk about diabetes, yeah, you know, these are yeah. small things. And so, from that understanding that these are just, and again, we're just scratching the surface. We could talk just about this one subject, but this increase in cortisol automatically is going to happen, leading to greater storage of fat. And also the other side, insulin resistance, which is going to lead to an increased rate of potential um, diseases and illness. And we all know this. It's so hard to get in shape and to exercise, to do all this stuff when you're sick, mm-hmm. you know, like everything goes out the window. So, which is another huge component is that consistency and you feeling good, all that gets taken away when you're sleep deprived. So when you're, when you're saying the consistency, are you, are you talking about like the frequency of your exercise program or what, yeah. what, what are you saying now? Yes, exactly. I mean, that's one of the big kind of hallmark things because it's, and, and you know this as well, Mike, is that it's not what you do every once in a while. It's what you do consistently, mm-hmm. consistently is what tells the story of your life. And another big component here is in relationship to exercise and sleep. And so I mentioned this earlier, a lot of people and myself included, I was under the assumption that I'm doing this exercise, I'm doing this really great workout yeah. and I'm getting in shape. Mm-hmm. In reality, if you and I were standing at the gym door and we're looking at this incredible gym atmosphere, you know, we got the we got the kettlebells over here, we've got the We've got the pull-up bar. We're going to go and we're going to do some muscle-ups. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to go over here. We're going to do some battle ropes. We're just going to have a good time. You know, we're going to do some presses. We're going to do some squats. We're going to go all out today. And we're just like drooling at the mouth. Like, let's go kill this. Mm-hmm. We're in better shape when we're standing there at the door looking at that stuff than after the workout or during the workout. Because if we were to go get a hormone panel done and some blood work done right after our workout, our stress hormones are going to be elevated. Uh, inflammatory biomarkers are going to be up. Our blood sugar is going to be dysfunctional a little bit, you know, but our body's trying to sort it out and it does all that. And there's going to be micro micro tears to our muscle fibers. Mm -hmm. We've broken our body down and our body actually does the real change while we're sleeping. This is when we release the the vast amount of reparative 
enzymes, hormones that really bring us back and make us better. So that's a big key. And so just to step back with the consistency part with exercise, what's been found is that those individuals who consistently exercise in the morning sleep better at night. And this was a study done by Appalachian State University. And they had exercisers exercise at 7 a.m., 1 p.m., and 7 p.m. And the 7 a.m. group spent up to 75% more time in the deepest, most reparative stages of sleep. All right, so that's an important takeaway there as well. And then on that exercise piece, it's it's a two-way street. You know, great exercise leads to great sleep, and also great sleep leads to great exercise. And that's what I actually talk about in the new version of Sleep Smarter that's coming out very soon, which we could talk about in a little bit. Cool, cool. So why, why did they find that the, the group that exercised at seven um, slept better? Yeah, that's what, a great question. And that? that's really, no, I mean, this is, why, this is why I love talking with people like you, who, because it's not just like, oh, that's cool, which yeah. a certain part of the population needs to hear that. Mm-hmm. Just, okay, I can get that. All right, cool. But somebody like myself, I'm very analytical. I want to mm-hmm. know why. Why does it work? Yeah. And so here's what's going on with the morning exercise. So we mentioned earlier about cortisol and you mm-hmm. have what's called a natural circadian rhythm or circadian release of cortisol. Mm-hmm. And this rhythm should have it so that cortisol is spiking in the early morning. And this is through evolutionary biology because humans are not nocturnal creatures. We're wired up and we're designed to be functional and active during the day. So when day breaks is when we would normally be getting up and doing activities with our tribe, right? And so this is procuring food, hunting, playing, storytelling, having a good time, you know, living life. But our world is very, very different today, which we can come back to. And so in the morning, and we'll just say for simplicity's sake, six o'clock a.m. is when your highest secretion of cortisol is going to, is going to peak. And that should gradually go down throughout the day and bottom out in the evening. And this elicits a certain, and so before I'm going to preface what I'm going to say with this is that cortisol and melatonin, which is known as the get good sleep hormone, these two things have sort of an inverse relationship. All right. So when cortisol is up, melatonin is down. When cortisol is down, melatonin is up. Mm -hmm. So you do not want cortisol being high in the evening because melatonin is going to be suppressed. All right. So just keep that in mind. All right. So here's what's going on with exercise in the morning. Why it works is that exercise naturally encourages the normal cortisol spike. It naturally encourages your cortisol rhythm to start to get on track and get optimized. So getting up and getting in some early morning activity sets that rhythm in place. It gets the peak so that we can have the valley later. All right. And so does that make sense? Yes, total sense. So when we when we get that peak, then it's going to help it to bottom out in the evening. And with that bottoming out, we're going to have that increase in melatonin. Now, for a lot of people, and and a lot of people have used this term now, Mike, is that they're tired and wired, yep. right? They're tired and wired. So in the evening, even though they're physiologically tired, their cortisol is high and their body is just wired up. And in the morning, they're waking up, even if they maybe spent seven or eight hours on the mattress, they're waking up feeling like a wreck, Mm -hmm. right? And this is because their hormones are off, right? And so when they're waking up in the morning, their cortisol is too low. So to help to get that back on track, some smart exercise can be a jump start. And it's, again, it's just one piece, but it's a valuable piece and a very 
low-hanging fruit for a lot of people to get their natural uh, hormones back on track, to sleep better at night. And I like to say this is that a great night's sleep starts the moment you wake up in the morning. Ah, oh, see, that's stuff that people don't think about, right? Yeah. They don't, they don't think about all the stuff that the activities that they do throughout the day affects how they sleep at night. Now, well, you know, in your book, you got a myriad of, of tips and tricks and, all, and findings and all the studies for better sleep. Let's start with one, like the, the reason why you need optimal sleep. And then just give us like, like the, your top three things to attain good sleep. Got it. All right. So one of the first things, and so we already talked a little bit about weight loss, and that's yeah. the Captain Obvious kind of sexy thing mm -hmm. for people and understanding really deeply. I want people to get that you're not going to have the body you want unless you start to have the sleep you need. All right. So that's number one. Number two is what's going on with your brain all right, and your function, your performance, your ability to focus. And we all know what it's like when we're sleep deprived and we just feel like everything is a fog. You know, it's just like everything gets harder. Mm -hmm. Everything is more stressful. You're Sound, more irritable. Sounds like college. Y yeah. <laughs> your best friend is getting on your nerves, your roommate, <laughs> you know, you're in all when we get older, our spouse. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, why are mm -hmm. you such on such an edge? And yeah. it's because sleep deprivation does that to us. And so there was a physician study and this was actually done on physicians and they had the physicians to complete a task. Right. So they did this certain task. Then they sleep deprived them for 24 hours. Right. Just 24 hours later. And they had them to do the same task. And what they discovered was that they made 20% more errors, mm -hmm. right? And it took them 14% longer to do the same exact thing, right? 20% more mistakes, 14% longer to do the same exact thing, just being sleep deprived. Mm. So we start to see that, you know, a lot of us sacrifice sleep in order to get more work done, right. you know? And we're not understanding there's a difference between doing work and actually being effective and not having to go back and fix your mistakes and clean up your mess because you're not mentally sharp and focused. And so what's going on there, and I know that you'd already asked this, Mike, is that, so how, what's going on with that? Why, why is that happening? Well, the first most important thing is that just 24 hours of sleep deprivation has been found to create a 6% decrease in glucose reaching your brain, all right? And so with that said, it's not shared equally with the brain. Your prefrontal cortex, you know, your, your frontal cortex, your insular cortex, the more, quote, human parts of your brain, the more evolved, higher mm -hmm. order, the parts of your brain responsible for your willpower, for decision-making, for distinguishing between right and wrong, that part of your brain has a 14%, upwards of 14% decreased glucose, AKA energy, getting to those parts of your brain. Wow. So in essence, you become dumber, right? Uh -huh. So you become like, the Lloyd Christmas dumb and dumb version <laughs> of yourself yeah. when you're sleep deprived. And it's automatic, right? It's automatic. And so our decision-making becomes blurred. And this ties back again to the weight loss aspect because I mentioned your willpower, right? Yeah. Now we're dealing with our willpower versus our biology. And when your brain is lacking glucose like that, there's gonna be an evolutionary compulsion or it's going to, your body's going to get into an alert state, an alarm state to get that glucose back to your brain. Because just a few hundred years ago, you not being sharp mentally could mean your death, Yeah, right? Your inability to avoid danger and your inability to procure your food and shelter. All right. So 
your body's gonna compel you to go and get glucose back to your brain as fast as it can. And how does it do that? If you've ever had a cookie, if you've ever had cake, if you've ever had potato chips, if you've ever had ice cream, your brain knows you can get some quick glucose there and get a quick source of sugar to shuttle that back to your brain temporarily. Mm-hmm. That's the key, it's temporary, because it's get, again, you're gonna, you're gonna fall again, you're gonna crash. So if you've ever had those things, this is why the whole late night eating thing has become this weird cultural phenomenon. And at nighttime, I don't know one single person, and Mike, tell me if I'm wrong, I've never heard one person, I don't know if you have, who've been up at two o'clock in the morning, hanging out, watching TV, and they're like, you know what? I feel like eating some broccoli right now. <laughs> you know? Nobody ever does that. It's no. like, I'm gonna go and grab some chips. I'm gonna go and grab some, you know, some peanut M&Ms or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. some pizza. This is because your brain, your body and your brain are sleep deprived, and they're gonna compel you to eat those foods. So you can tell yourself, I'm gonna be on this incredible diet, I'm only gonna eat real food, I'm gonna be working out, and have these resolutions to change your life. But if you get in this body, this battle of your willpower versus your biology, ultimately your biology's gonna win. Ooh. And it's winning for a lot of people now, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Two thirds of the country. <laughs> yeah, and but you know, what's so great about this time, you know, with people like yourself and you know, the work that I'm doing is that this ratio is changing. You know, it's changing and it's it's happening really quickly, actually. And and in my opinion, historically, you know, like I've just been one of the people where I'm a I'm a optimistic realist, ah. right? But I knew that it would probably get a little worse before it gets better, you know. And really, a lot of us hitting rock bottom. And this is why this information is so valuable now. Yeah. And it's one of those things where you don't know what you don't know. You know, it's an in, unconscious incompetence for a lot of people because we have no idea because sleep is just something we kind of do when we get tired. We have no idea of how valuable it is for pretty much every aspect of your health and beyond. And so getting this work out there has been really important. And so another thing that you asked me was to share some tips. So Mm -hmm. if you want, I can go ahead and do that. Yeah, go ahead. Awesome. All right. So what's just blowing me away, and I don't know if it's due to myself, you know, because my initial publication of Sleep Smarter came out about two years ago. And, you know, tens of thousands of people have um, gotten their hands on that book or that, you know, how information circulates. Yeah. So I've heard certain things, lexicon, words that I've used, terms that I've created out in other places, you know, in major media. It's just like, I thought I came up with that, you know, but then there's some (laughs) other great people out there talking about the same stuff, you know, Uh, Mark Sisson, for example. And so I don't know if where exactly it's coming from, but it could be a catalyst of Sleep Smarter. But just the other day, it was MSNBC, if I'm not mistaken, it might have been Fox News, though. Um, they're all, you know, they're all the same. Yeah. So, and no disrespect to somebody who loves one of the other. It's like, no, it's different. This is the truth. This is, it's still, you know, it's the blues, you know, it's not the news, it's the blues, but they had this special segment on about improving your melatonin secretion by wearing these orange tinted glasses at night. Uh Uh-huh. I saw that. So what's going on there? And so this was one of the kind of paramount things that I talked about in the book is Mm -hmm. finding a way to traverse this new phenomenon where we have constant access to technology today. Whereas prior to this, you know, again, just a hundred years ago, when it got dark outside, that's it. Right. You maybe have some fire, you know, you can light a lamp, but you know, I'm talking about with a fire lit lamp or my wife is from Kenya. So they call it a torch. (laughs) You might call it, you might light that, but 
please understand when the lights go out, it's time for you to turn down and kind of seek shelter because again, we're not nocturnal creatures. So if yeah. you're out rummaging around and fooling around in the darkness, you can't see that lion, but it can see you, mm-hmm. you know? But things are different now where we can manufacture a second daytime. We can keep lights on 24 seven. Yeah. And so our bodies don't get a chance because here's the deal is that light actually impacts deeply your melatonin secretion. And um, there are site studies from Harvard about the different frequency of light, the color of lights matter, but in particular, what's been found to be the most troublesome for our sleep and that suppresses hormone. And there's a study done, Rensselaer Polytechnic found that just two hours of iPad use before bed was enough to dramatically suppress melatonin. Mm. Right, so it, yeah, interesting that um, the Apple's actually coming out with like an update to the OS to change the coloring of the screen at mm-hmm. when when the light changes. Mm-hmm. This is it's yeah. once it hits major um, our major markets, you know, especially when it comes to people becoming more aware of things that are causing them harm. Because a lot of people, you can get apps now on your computer that pull out that troublesome spectrum of light mm-hmm. and kind of cool your screen off yeah. whenever it gets dark outside. It does it automatically. There's one called Flux, F.L-U-X, mm-hmm. and that's available. It used to just be when I first started using it for Mac, but now there's a PC version, and there's also stuff you can get for your smartphone as well. You know, So it pulls out that troublesome spectrum of light because what's going on, and this is really important, is that when your melatonin is suppressed like that. You can go to bed because I know a lot of people, all right, I've done so many different talks, corporate uh, keynote presentations, just been able to talk to a lot of people and working in clinics and just asking them these questions and seeing that, hey, a lot of times the last thing people do is sign off on their technology or put their phone down right next to them and then they go to sleep, Mm -hmm. right? So But here's the difference again, you can go to sleep and spend time on the mattress, but if melatonin is not elevated like it should be, you're not gonna get that rejuvenative sleep and you're gonna wake up tired, which is really, it's like an oxymoron, right? It's like icy hot, waking up (laughs) tired, like it doesn't really go together, you know? And so we wanna make sure that we're encouraging and allowing our body to naturally secrete melatonin. So one of the things is to Number one, the best thing, Mike, is just to get off the technology. Give yourself a little bit of a, a technology curfew. You know, I call it a screen curfew. And ideally, it would be 90 minutes before you hit the sack, all right? Okay. And that's not that difficult, but it is sort of difficult because in reality, Mike, we're addicted. You know, we're addicted to our technology. And I actually talk about that in the new book as well and how to kind of traverse that and, and find out why it's happening and also how can we gracefully get out of the addiction. But the real key here is that we have to find something that we equally love and enjoy doing outside of being on our technology because we get a little bit of a dopamine um, feedback loop, a little dopamine slash opioid feedback loop from getting a new Instagram follower uh, or just scrolling yes. through and that seeking brain, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to find something that really lights you up as well. So this could be anything from you know, um, great books, great conversations, playing some games with your friends and family, sex. Obviously, if sex isn't a little bit more fun and enjoyable than Instagram, we got to talk. You're doing it wrong. We got problems, right? All right. You're doing it wrong. And (laughs) so understanding that we have to fill that space with something else that we enjoy and value is a real key. Not just because, oh, the expert said I need to have a hour curfew on my screen or a 90 minute curfew. 
you have to find something that really lights you up as well and getting connected to real people again in our lives. You know, we've mistaken our Facebook friends for, for real friends. Right. right. And shout out to people on Facebook. I, I think it's amazing. You know, I love Facebook and I've got friends all over the world there as well. But it's nothing like that, that real intimate relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what we really need to cultivate, because as we're more on our technology, we're less and less having relationships with real people. And I've seen that some people will strategically structure their life to avoid contact with other humans. Right. Oh, my God. And we have to turn that around because that's what's really going to and let, let me share this last little piece since I brought up the sex component. Yeah. So actually orgasm. And this is well, like we know this is common culture, just an understanding in our culture that that can lead to better sleep. Mm-hmm. And it tends to be tied to guys like the guys falling asleep. But this happens for women as well. Mm-hmm. And it's because especially when you orgasm, you have a cocktail of hormones that are secreted that relax the body, calm the nervous system and help you to get more rejuvenated to sleep. So one of those is oxytocin, right? Oxytocin, which is called the quote, cuddle hormone. And this makes you feel more connected, safe, bonded, love. And it also helps to improve your sleep quality. Then there's prolactin, right? Prolactin, what they found in laboratory uh, experiment was that when, when mice are injected with prolactin, they immediately could become sleepy, right? And so men actually secrete four times more prolactin when they're with their partner than having an orgasm by themselves. Mm-hmm. All right. So again, it speaks to that connection, the bonding that happens, and you're going to secrete more prolactin, which women tend to secrete oxytocin and prolactin much easier than men do just from normal life. All right. Women do oxytocin really well, just hanging out with other women. Mm-hmm. All right. But so we've got that. Then we've got uh, vasopressin and I could just keep going, but that's another great resource that we have access to is a, an even deeper intimate connection. So avoiding the screens is a good idea or using some orange tinted shades. There's orange tinted, orange tinted glasses mm-hmm. that block out that blue spectrum of light. You can get apps on your devices that block out that blue spectrum of light and also getting intimate. All right. Getting intimate can help you to sleep better at night. And I'm going to throw one more in there. One more. Yeah, there's there's 21. We talk about 21 strategies in the book. But one final. Oh, we also talked about exercise as well as another tip um, for getting better sleep at night. So getting some morning activity in is critical. And so my last tip here is going to be a clarification on that because we can go on and on talking about this stuff. But what you absolutely need to understand is that you don't have to hit the gym in the morning. Mm-hmm. Okay. You just need to do some form of activity. Just this morning, I didn't go to the gym. And I'm, I'm, I'm a morning exerciser now. You know, I've converted back to it um, because I did an experiment of working out in the afternoon for about a year. And so I just got a mini rebounder right here in my office. And so I jumped on that bad boy for about 10 minutes. And that gets your heart rate up. That's going to get that uh, positive hormonal secretion we've been talking about. And then I went on about my day. So I got that peak that I can help to encourage that normal cortisol rhythm. Uh, you could do some Tabata, four minutes, four minutes of exercise doing some Tabata, which is pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, go for a power walk, 10 minute power walk. Uh, you could do some some yoga, you know, some a little bit more intense yoga session, maybe five, 10 minutes uh, and on and on. Just do some activity. And if you're planning to do like a bigger workout later in the day, it's all good. That doesn't have to interrupt that. But you do need to do some morning activity to really help to um, secrete the normal daytime hormones and encourage the secretion of the quote nighttime hormones in the evening. Perfect. 
that's perfect. I mean, I had uh, um, Hal Elrod on the show a couple episodes, and he talks about the morning routine, and one of them is exercise. And yeah, and you and you hit the nail on the head perfectly because I think a lot of people when they hear exercise, they think that they got to be doing an Olympic level workout right in the morning, right when they get up. Right. They don't understand that it's just hey, just get moving, just do something, you know, just to kind of get your body moving and getting the getting that heart circulating throughout the body. Um, exactly. Tell us a little bit about this uh, about this book about the about the what is this a second edition? Yeah, so this is actually expanded edition. Okay. The first uh, edition of Sleep Smarter is actually going to, it's not going to be available anywhere except in, you know, somebody already has it or, you know, how Amazon is. Somebody will be selling it for like $500. Yeah. You know, it'll be in a museum somewhere. <laughs> but so the book, we were, we were picked up by Rodale, Ooh. who is responsible for like Men's Health Magazine, uh-huh. Women's Health Magazine, Runner's Magazine, Prevention. But they also have some huge, like mega hit New York Times bestsellers like Eat This, Not That, Wheat Belly mm-hmm. from Dr. William Davis. And they have just been just scooping up the best talent in the country. And I'm so honored and just beyond words to be a part of that. And so they wanted to make sure that Sleep Smarter got in national distribution. And also we're going to go international here later in the year. Uh, so the book is going to be translate into some different languages, which is just blowing my mind. But so Sleep Smarter, the extended edition comes out March 15th, 2016. So March 15th of this year, but you can pre-order the book now and get access to a bunch of incredible bonuses. And I'm not talking about, you know, you've seen those launches before when somebody's like, yeah, you're getting a hundred dollars of value. You know, all you got to do is buy, buy this or buy this Mm -hmm. book. It's just a bunch of random PDFs that you'll never read. Right. Yeah. We're giving away like Food. We're giving away real uh, earth-grown nutrients-based supplements. You know, we're doing a um, a giveaway for a, uh, something is called an IntelliBed. All right, so that is this is a high-end bed that has a mattress resiliency and a 30-year warranty versus 10 for standard mattresses because it doesn't break down and it's filled with this non-toxic uh, IntelliGel. It's patented IntelliGel. And a lot of people don't realize that the mattress they're sleeping on has been treated with flame retardants that cause off-gassing that Mm -hmm. have been clinically proven to cause health problems, especially for small children, which is a whole topic that I don't even want to open that book right now, but I'm very passionate about. So we're even giving that away. So people can pre-order the book right now. Just go to sleepsmarterbook.com and you can pre-order the book and be one of the first people to get your hands on this book that's really creating a movement in health and wellness in our country today. Yeah, you guys got to get the book. I mean, I, I I got the first edition and I can't wait to get my hands on expanded edition with all this stuff going on. Cool, Sean. All right, we're going to jump into the last part of, of the interview. This is what I call my favorite things or your favorite things, actually. Awesome. Some of my things that I like to ask my guests on the show. So we're just going to shoot off the hip. Uh, start off with what is your favorite food for health? Wow. Oh, it's so good, man. There's like 10 things jumped in my mind. It's not even fair. You got to be um, your top one, your top one. Oh, man. Uh, the first thing that I'm just going to share with the first thing that popped in my mind, and I don't necessarily think this is my top one, but uh-huh. uh, coconut oil. Ooh. Coconut right, oil. Coconut oil. The, the, um, MCTs, all right, yeah. so the medium chain triglycerides is essentially almost instant cellular energy, cellular food 
because with other food compounds, you know, it's, it's basically like our body has to go through a process of converting. We'll just say we eat some chicken into human currency, energy currency, mm -hmm. ATP. All right. And so it's kind of like, we'll say that the chicken is in like, uh, pesos and the human body is running on, um, yen, right? Mm -hmm. It has to be a conversion. Yeah. Whereas coconut oil, the conversion is very simple. It's almost the same thing. It's like kind of everybody's getting converted to the euro all in one country. Like they're using kind of the same thing in a different place, you know? So that's one of the big things. And also it's antiviral, antifungal, antimicrobial, um, antiparasitic. Mm -hmm. It's just a really incredible source. Great thyroid tonic. It's great for your skin topically. On and on. It's just, I, I love coconut oil. I think it's one of the best things in the world. Yeah, I got rid of my moisturizer a while back and all I just use is coconut oil. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> all right, next one. What's your favorite supplement? Like vitamin, <sighs> nutrient, what's what's your favorite one that just jumps out at you? Okay, um, first thing that jumped into my mind yet again, uh, it's the first thing that came up is, and I had it this morning, is chaga. Ooh. All right, so I use the Siberian? dual This was, uh, I, I'm not sure where they're sourcing this from. Um, I don't think so. But it, it might be. It might be. Yeah. But chaga is this, like this, it grows on birch trees. So yeah. you might find chaga like <laughs> in the kind of northern hemisphere, you know, mm -hmm. like you can find chaga just about, you know, anywhere. And not, not, let me not say anywhere, anywhere you find birch trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's a dual extraction where it's alcohol extracted and hot water extracted because sometimes a lot of supplements, you're just going to get one or the other mm -hmm. and you're going to be missing out. Like if you're doing the hot water extraction, you're going to get the beta glucans, which is awesome. Um, has a lot of anti antioxidant components there. Then with the triterpenes, you're going to get the real powerful immune system modulators, mm -hmm. but you're not going to get that unless you do alcohol extraction, you know? And so, Getting that dual extraction of chaga is, is really awesome. And by the way, chaga is the highest antioxidant substance that humans consume, that can, humans can consume. And humans have tried to eat everything, by the way. But red wine is, is good. Chaga is off the charts compared to that. Chocolate, great. Chaga is higher than that. Acai, goji berries, all that great, great stuff. Those are great. But chaga is even more powerful antioxidant. Yeah, I got some chaga tea right in my kitchen, too. <laughs> It's good stuff. Yep. What is your favorite like exercise regimen, fitness regimen? Wow. Um, I really love I, something. I, it's something that is called hybrid training. And this is basically when I first get into the gym, I really like to do a power lifting uh, session. Okay. You know, so this and I'll pick one thing. So it might be the deadlift and I'm going to do five sets of heavy deadlifts, you know, so we're talking like, um, a five by three mm -hmm. or five by two, something like that. And then from there, I'm going to move into the more glycolytic type exercises, you know, so doing some supersets. So this is why, when I might do some pull-ups and push-up supersets or do a, uh, chest press and shoulder press, I'm sorry, a uh, chest press and lateral pull down movement. Or I'll go and play around, do some body weight stuff, you know, muscle ups, and then do mm -hmm. like 40 walking lunges. So that kind of thing. So I like to combine the power lift movement because of all the anabolic hormone benefits at the very beginning of the workout, then get into the more glycolytic type 
exercise after that for kind of quote more fat burning. Cool, cool. What is your like top three things that you do when you first get up in the morning? Top three things. So first thing I do upon rising is I drink about a liter of high quality structured water. And I call that my inner bath. And I do this because number one, your body is dehydrated when you wake up in the morning because of all the metabolic processes that it does when you're sleeping, right? And so that's really important to flesh out, flesh out metabolic waste products, get your lymphatic system uh, moving, your, your circulation moving, your blood, getting that, that viscosity right, all right? Mm-hmm. So, that kind of, so that's what I do first. Uh, second thing is I'll do some meditation. And I've been experimenting for many years. Um, so going on about 10 years ago, I was formally taught meditation that I would do for 32 minutes a day in the morning, which is like, I can't believe I did that for three years in a row. Uh, but now I've transitioned to more mini meditations and also experimenting to find ends for other people because not everybody has access to formal meditation training. And I really like to even call it brain training now yeah, because yeah, that's yeah. what I really found to be the biggest benefit. And so I've been experimenting with some different apps. I've been experimenting with some different um, kind of movement-based meditations like Tai Chi and Qigong. So that's what I do next. And then the third thing that I'll do is some exercise. Cool. What is, outside of your book, what is your favorite health book? Wow, man, these are tough questions, man. (laughs) Um... Let me think. Let me think. What? There are so many. I know, you know, I'm right, going to say right. something that's a little bit rogue that is Ooh. might not necessarily be I love rogue. somebody would first think about. I'm going to say The Happiness Project Ooh. from Gretchen Rubin. Yeah. And I say that because our well-being and our, our sense of purpose and happiness is intimately tied to our lifeline. And I actually did an interview with Gretchen a while back. And so, and funny thing is her show is number one in health right now. Mine has been number one, but she's just sitting up there for a while. But in, in, in my defense, she was on Oprah recently, you know, well, so yeah. but she's just really bringing to bear from a scientific perspective and studying this stuff, how important happiness is to our overall health and success in our life. So I'm going to say The Happiness Project from Gretchen Rubin. Yeah, that's a that's a great book. What is like somebody is that comes to you and says, "Sean, I'm sick. I'm my life is is in ruin. What is your number one health tip that you start them off with?" Mm. You know, the first thing that I do and this is just to be straightforward is I just keep asking questions. You know, because I can't give a one, a blanketed solution, one tip. Yeah, We're yeah. going to have to drill down and find out what is your actual issue, you know. So this might end up being, I'll uncover the fact that, you know, um, maybe it's, it, it is a deficiency in sleep. You know, maybe they're, uh, and I've dealt with this many times in my clinic, you know, somebody's a ridiculously sleep deprived, clinical insomnia, the whole nine. And they just need to change the way that they're working out, for example, mm-hmm. just because they're working out late in the evening and they're running all the time. And their body's just this constant fight or flight. Um, so it would, I would do that if it was somebody, for example, I, we drill down and find out, you know, just to kind of piggyback on the Gretchen Rubin's book, we find out that they are, they're eating a great diet, 
Like they're eating real food every time, no exceptions. They're just killing it. They they love the way they're eating as well. Um, they're exercising regularly, not too much, not too little, but they're dealing with maybe it's um, maybe an ulcer. Maybe they're dealing with cancer. Maybe they're dealing with um, some type of a physical pain, a physiological pain is manifested. Maybe it's their neck or their back or whatever the case may be. And we find out that they absolutely hate their job, uh, right? Yeah. They just, every day, it's sucking the soul out of their body every day when they go to this place that they just can't stand because, and what's happening is they're filling the place, they're in somebody else's place, somebody that might be happy in that position. They're making, they're, they're filling up that, that slot. And the thing that they should be doing, they're being selfish in a way, and I know I, I have been this, not giving their gifts in other places, uh-huh. you know? So they're in this place where, you know, they're, there's, there's kind of, and I don't want to throw this word around too lightly, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually in limbo or they're mm-hmm. in flux. And there's yeah. just a lot of turbulence there manifesting from that from stress. So I can go on and on about what I would advise, but it would be different for each person, you know, yeah. but kind of one overarching encompassing thing that I would say for people that I would recommend is number one, finding a way to optimize your sleep. Perfect. So you would address the cause while ignoring the effects. Because a lot of time the effects is not necessarily the cause. Right. And and we're and I think that's what we're doing a lot in our in our country is we're putting band-aids on things that that's not the issue at hand. Right. And it just keeps things perpetuating. And oftentimes getting worse, you know. Yeah. So, Sean, it's been an amazing call. It's been an amazing time spending with you, learning from you. Um, give us a, a couple last words. What would you like to leave the audience with? Some some wise words of wisdom for their health and well being. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for the honor of having me on the show. And you know, I, I began the show talking about my, my story, you know, my backstory. Mm -hmm. And just from that, I only share that so that others can glean the fact that no matter where you are right now in your life, things can be improved, you know, in one area or another. And oftentimes in many areas, you know, um, somebody might be in with dealing with maybe even a stage four cancer at this point and things are looking very bleak, but I promise you, you can improve in your relationships. You know, you can improve in the amount of love that you're giving to the people you care about. There's always room for improvement and especially in the domain of health, because I just talked with Dr. Alyssa Rankin the other day and she's the author of Mind Over Medicine and all these clinical studies done on the fact that there are all these people who dealt with stage four cancer and have had complete remission, you know, who've come back from that, who've come back from uh, heart disease, who've come back from you know, just near death experiences, you know, uh, accidents and things like that. How Elrod's a good example of that. Like how actually died. Right. 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 How died. And now he is thriving. He's doing well. And I thought about him because right here on the interview screen, like I could see how, um, because I just talked with him recently, he's, he's right under your name. And so just these understanding that there's always an opportunity to get better, but it takes for you to decide. Uh-huh. You can't keep leaving it up to hope and to chance and just, you know, quote, trying things. We have to make a decision that this is the way it's going to be. I'm going to be well 
And this is just how it is. I'm going to have great relationships. I'm going to stop allowing toxic relationships in my life. I'm going to exercise my no muscle, you know, and that's mm. really what I want to point people to is you can absolutely improve right now. Things can get better, but you have to decide. Awesome. Sean, where can people find you at? Awesome. Well, the biggest place where people have, are, know me and kind of follow my work is through the Model Health Show. So that's my show, the Model Health Show. You can check me out. Since you're listening to this podcast, you obviously listen to podcasts. So you can check me out anywhere you listen to Dr. Mike's show. Um, as, as mentioned, just blown away, just crazy to be able to say we've been number one in fitness and nutrition, number one in health in the country. And also, um, nominated for awards and just all kinds of crazy stuff. But with my show, we really focus on making it the definitive guide to whatever that subject matter is. If it's natural treatments for um, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, if it's natural treatment for depression, um, obesity-related conditions, we dive in and we dissect that thing in a way that's fun, entertaining, and you walk away feeling smarter. You walk away feeling more equipped and inspired every single episode. So you can check me out there, The Model Health Show. Also, you can go to themodelhealthshow.com and check it out online and my site. And we also do some epic um, articles as well there. And you can check out the videos of the shows. You can hang out in the studio with me, that kind of thing. And I'm on Instagram. I'm at Sean Model on Instagram. I just got on there, I think it was last year, but it's blowing up now. It's doing incredible. And I share so much great content on Instagram. I absolutely love it. I never thought I would have got on it because like my kids had it like three years ago, you know, wherever it first came out, I'm like, ah, whatever, <laughs> but I absolutely love it. So I'm at Sean model, S-H-A-W-N-M-O-D-E-L. And also same thing on Twitter and definitely make it a must head over to sleepsmarterbook.com, pre-order the book. And I promise you, it's going to be one of the most important and valuable books that you have ever read in your life. And I, I guarantee that absolutely. If you don't feel that way, Dr. Mike will be able to hunt me down and I will make up for it, you know, whatever way possible. So definitely check it out, sleepsmarterbook.com to pre-order the book. And again, thank you so much for having me on, Dr. Mike. It's been a, it's been a real pleasure. Awesome. There you guys have all his information. I'll have all of those links in the show notes. And Sean, thank you for spending this time with us. We know all your time is so valuable. And thank you guys for listening and spending this time with us and learning about sleep and how that affects your health. Guys, go pre-order the book right now. Actually, order a few and give them out to your friends, your family, because this information is life-changing. And, you know, I know firsthand, um, you know, speaking about sleep and the lack of sleep and what that does for your health and how that affects your health, both in a positive and a negative aspect. You know, you you don't value your health until it starts to go away, you know, and, and the, for all of you guys listening to this show, don't let it get to that point. Take the measures that you can to to stop all those things from happening. And uh and if you, uh, if, if, like I said, if you guys are not a subscriber to Sean's podcast, you guys got to go out right after this ends, go and subscribe to his show. It's packed full of information. I mean, there's probably hundreds and hundreds of hours of life changing information. Um, oh, and, and this is my favorite show, by the way, from from Sean's podcast is Ty Bollinger's show about, you know, he I think Ty was on your show twice, I think. 
Volcanic. Yes, man. Yeah. I, I haven't heard his name in a minute because we've, we've done so. Man, those yeah. shows are, wow, those are game changers. Right? Yeah. I mean, because everybody knows somebody that's going through cancer. And then the work that Ty Bollinger is doing and the stuff that he said on those shows were pretty much game changers for a lot of people that I know. And um, yeah, so go out there, get on, uh, get on uh, his show and listen to it and apply it, guys. You know, Sean said, it takes a decision. And then after you make that decision, apply it and then stick with it. And it's about consistency. So with that said, it's been another great show. Thank you, Sean, for all of your knowledge. And till next time, be well and aloha. Aloha.